Love Talk Radio. Chillin' for Nisha Sea Islands from Jacksonville, North Kakalaki to Jacksonville, Florida, and right away, so all around the world. Well, Hunna Chillin' tuning in the We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the Queen Quet head pun the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad it for being your hostess of Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Thank you, thank you for all the Hunna Chillin' well support we round the world and things like that. Well, you know, every Monday, we the gee upliftment to the living legacy and the pay ancestral homage. This year, dear, we won't take a moment of silence for all of we ancestors them who we had the mother with and thing like that if we took the building and thing up, or when we course line was still the day. But this year, month, plant fever, look one and thing like that, and I talk about story preservation and thing like that. But rather was need for stand. If we need to keep live the name of them were built up this year. So we won't give just a moment of silence to give thanks for all of them. Ashe, 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 and Amen. So we're so glad one more again for being a new month. We hope everybody had a good May Day yesterday, since that been a May Day and thing like that. And rather was for all of we Latino and Latino listeners and thing like that. Cinco de Mayo the kind and thing like that. And rather was for and we got we out there and thing going on this year month. So glad for that. And then right here this year month, the Lupus Awareness Month. And it's a historic preservation month. So 
since the hashtag that this your place matter for the last one, we gonna crack with teeth a little bit, but that this your weekend later in the month, we will crack with teeth a little bit, but lupus awareness and things like that. And so for all of my listeners around the world, this is Queen Quet, Chief Distant Head of State for the Gullah Geechee Nation and the founder of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition that sponsors this broadcast each and every week. We want to welcome all of our new members to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition we got a number of new members because we were leading up to our Coastal Cultures Conference last weekend, which was outstanding. Truly a wonderful, engaging day. We want to thank the staff at the St. Helena Branch Library here on historic St. Helena Island. They did a bang-up job, especially head librarian, Sister Maria Benak. We appreciate all of her energy and all of her work in making all the guests welcome. And Saturday was a very, very busy day at the library. And so we had a lot of activities that were going on but a lot of energy that was in the place and in the space. And it was wonderful to have the number of people that were there at the Coastal Cultures Conference that were not just presenters, but people of the community, people from the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association, the Gullah Geechee Angel Network, the Gullah Geechee Doula Association, all there in the house to be able to dialogue with people from a multidisciplinary standpoint because we had a number of people from different fields of research and study who are working with the Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank to not only just look at historical documentation but to influence the current dynamic and the political points of the matters of what is going to assist truly with the continuation of Gullah Geechee culture, and then how is that continuation presented? Is it something that now becomes a staged act and for imagery and for sounds that are entertaining for people that are coming in due to tourism dollars? Or are we trying to truly make a difference in the face of things such as human health and climate change dynamics and seafood safety dynamics and the oceans and protecting the life in the oceans and our lives that then feed from the lives of the ocean and from the water bodies themselves? And so all of these dynamics start to become rather complex when you have to go down several layers into details of minutia, all from words that were brought up on Saturday, bureaucracy, plutocracy, you know, and people coming out of the planter aristocracy and having people still carrying that energy today, where if people of African descent do not essentially play these roles of these mammy-styled characters or the happy singing Negro type of role, then the storyteller role, that these are not the people we want to work with. If the people can actually voice clearly political issues and outline community plans that are effective for the continuation of culture, these are not then the ones that the ones in political seats of power want to work with because they also would not be able to funnel off the economic aspects back to themselves and away from the Gullah Geechee people because the economic benefit is a major issue in terms of cultural continuation but also in terms of something that's being celebrated this month, which is historic preservation. Now, it was interesting that on Saturday 
we had Dr. Diane Kamen of the Medical University of South Carolina, MUSC, who is a consistent partner. As she's mentioned, they have been working with the Gullah Geechee Nations community for 10 years at a minimum with the muscle program at MUSC. And so with this work of a decade's worth of work, we have consistently been able to raise the levels of awareness of the incidence of lupus in our communities. But there's still no cure for lupus because they still aren't sure what the root cause of lupus is. And so this month is Lupus Awareness Month. And so we encourage you, if you are Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page members, please do not just scroll past, but go back to the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page. Go back to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's fan pages on Facebook, and you will see the Lupus Awareness Month banner there. Please share that information. Share it to your walls, and then also take some time out each day this month to click on the link and then learn a little more about lupus and its effects that it is having on our community. In fact, one of our new Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition members who volunteered with us this year and everything was unable to make it to the Coastal Cultures Conference because she had a flare-up of lupus. And so I really wanted her to be there so she could meet Dr. Kamen and others face-to-face so we could start to deal with her healing. And so she's about to come on back home to the Gullah Geechee Nation anyway, so that will add to that dynamic. But definitely we're sending out healing vibes and positive energy toward her while we were in the midst how there is a problem with being able to keep a cultural community alive if you are not keeping alive the very environment in which that culture has grown and from which that culture is indigenous. This culture did grow up here out of the soil of the Sea Islands. It did not come from Africa in the form that Gullah Geechee culture is right now today. It is the amalgamation of numerous cultures from Africa, numerous languages and dialects of African languages, and some Elizabethan English make up the Gullah language itself. Our traditions on this land and this cultural landscape, which is the Gullah Geechee Nation, from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, along all these sea islands and 30 to 35 miles inland to the St. John's River, comes through the combined use of land by the Africans that were brought over, kidnapped, captured, and then placed here during transatlantic slave trade or chattel enslavement, along with the use of indigenous or Native American ways that were also being used by many of our ancestors, and we still do today. And so when we start to look at the cultural landscape, you'll hear this terminology not only from me, not only from the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, but you'll often hear it amongst those who are part of what is called the historic preservation movement, especially in the United States. So just like May is Lupus Awareness Month, May is also Historic Preservation Month. Well, many who go to queenquet.com and look at my bio there, you will see that I'm listed as a historic preservationist. 
because I am actively involved and have spoken at many different conferences with the National Trust for Historic Preservation, helped to host them many years back, and several other organizations that say they focus on preservation. But what I found over the years in agencies like the National Park Service where historic preservation is a major part of the work that they do. Well, what I found in working with this nonprofit and with this agency is one one thing is they work hand in hand. The second thing is that they also all are thinking in the way that things started when the National Park Service was founded in 1916, which means they, for 100 years, focused on the history of Anglo or white American people and their mansions, their mausoleums, their spaces of their story, or the way in which they've couched and told so-called American history. They have not then included black history or the history of people of African descent in North America in most of those places and spaces. And the money then when it got into the historic preservation movement was therefore not placed within communities that could sustain and retain the historic structures that had been built by Africans unless those were the historic structures that are the big houses, that are the plantation homes that still dot this coast called the Gullah Geechee Nation and the southeastern seaboard and the deep south for that matter. Most of the money goes into the mansions with the tree-lined oak roads to make sure that those are there in addition to the homes of that so-called George Washington slept in. And then the few, quote-unquote, black history homes that have been kept have been kept by some organizations like the Association for the Study of African American Life and History pushing to get those properties put into the national park system in perpetuity so that then federal tax money was supposed to maintain them. So, for instance, Dr. Carter G. Woodson, God bless the dead's home in Washington, D.C., or if you were to go to Missouri, George Washington Carver's birthplace, various things of this nature. Also Tuskegee's campus, you have the museum there. So here it is that we have these institutions that money will go to, but then you have shotgun houses that our people lived in and that built around the turn of the century, built them, and they're over 50 years old, that someone else comes in and says, well, the town will blight the area and say, well, we, can, we, don't, we don't see any value in these. Let's blight it. One such situation was American Beach, Florida. The beach lady, God bless the dead, she and I worked shoulder to shoulder and were able to stop Amelia Island's town from declaring a CRA to then have the ability to blight American Beach and then remove all of the remaining historic buildings that were put there by people of African descent. And the same situation right now that we are fighting to ensure does not happen to historic Mesquita Beach, which is right off of James Island, really not too far of a drive from McLeod Plantation that many of you have supported and helped both the big house 
and the remainder of the enslavement cabins, which all of which were built by Gullah Geechee hands. The same thing at any of the other historic plantations when you come on a plantation tour in Charleston were built by Gullah Geechee hands, built by Africans. Their blood, their sweat, their tears is literally in every brick you see in Charleston and the Savannah gray bricks that you find throughout this coastline, especially in Georgia and so on. These Charleston Savannah grays are only graying now because people are making a gray area about what historic preservation should be about. Now, there are stipulations, there are definitions that sit on paper, but then the a law is only as good as those who enforce it. So let's apply that even when we have these bylaws and we have these covenants of what it is that our organizations are doing and what we ought to do and where our budget should go. I've been doing a great deal of reading this year about affluent, one might use, people of African descent, many of which who had descended from the Enslavers, their families may have started off from the time of the transatlantic slave trade and descended from the enslavers, and many then were called the free Negroes, the free blacks, even during the transatlantic slave trade time period because they were given freedom papers or born to free mothers that had been engaged in acts with the people that had enslaved them. So there was a whole set of people that even up to today, their descendants inherit government positions throughout the United States. They end up being the people who tend to be the chosen ones to come in certain circles when they when desegregation took place and they said, well, we need to at least appear to be adhering to the law. So to appear that we are dealing with the law that now says that we need to be fair and just and equitable and we need to give, you know, everybody the same kinds of things, including open up these jobs, well, then what we'll do is we'll get a few people who are leaders in the movement. We're going to make sure that they and their kids are taken care of and their wives and stuff. We're going to make sure that they win a political office and we're going to put a few, appoint them to a few offices, and then we're going to, you know, throw a little bit of money their way to use in their towns and build a couple of you know, centers or give to a few programs here and they have a few free fish fries once a year or whatever in those towns, and then that way the people feel they're really still for the people. But they're comfortable now. We got them here in D.C. and they're part of our machine, and so they don't want to lose that, so they're going to now go ahead along with what we design. Then we're going to go ahead and have a few others that to work and be the ones in the different offices that decide where funding can go to. And if we even have any nonprofits and we want to, as this word moved into this current generation, diversify these nonprofits, well, let us get this person of African descent that still acts a little bit more like we do and then incorporate them into our boards and into our meetings and so forth. Even though a person is just one vote on here, they may want to vote all day for every single project that comes through that says let's save a building that's in an African-American or black or Gullah Geechee community, but that one vote gets voted down because they're the minority literally and figuratively on that board. So this is just a Reader's Digest version 
of how things are political and how they have remained this way from the time of transatlantic slave trade up to this moment and why there are there is a thing called gentrification that somehow manages to displace people of African descent from communities not only in the Gullah Geechee Nation but even as far away as Harlem and Brooklyn and but somehow manages to always fund organizations that now they themselves are having these little diversity workshops because they are considered the establishment preservation groups, the establishment environmental groups, and the money comes in to them from federal agencies, but that money always ends up right back to some home that's a mansion or they have to take complete ownership of the building, like in the case of the National Park Service. Now, once they take ownership of the building, anything can happen. This building may move from where it originally stood, which means it will be likely that it will no longer be in the community where the people of that community can see it as an example of what could happen if you restore it and maintain it. Okay? It can also be lost by demolition by neglect, like what happened with a lot of the historic Gullah Geechee facilities and buildings that were even on Cumberland Island and other islands here in the Gullah Geechee Nation that are part of the park service system that people have said, oh, you know, these are things we should preserve. In fact, the National Trust for Historic Preservation declared the Gullah Geechee Nation an endangered coast. Now, that was a good political move to help us leverage getting the National Heritage Area here, but then that didn't bring any money toward Gullah Geechee people at all to keep open any of their historic institutions if they owned them. It did not allow the stoppage of any of the destruction meant that then the towns and the county councils were still voting on to go ahead and bring in roads through even burial areas and where people have their historic homes or where any of the some of these same cultural heritage sites and resources would be located. Some of our things have now even been shipped up. Literally a praise house from Edisto Island will be inside the National Museum for African American History and Culture when it opens in Washington, D.C. in September. So along with a whole lot of other Gullah Geechee items, my books are there, my CDs are there, and DVDs, and Philip Simmons Gates are there, and Sweetgrass Baskets are there, and Esau Jenkins Bus Doors there, and images of various ones of us will be there, and so on and so forth. And so here it is that people will be in, with it being out of context because it will be outside of the place and the space where it evolved, where it was created, where it was used, and it will be out of the hands of the people who could tell the stories for these items that are inanimate in these buildings that are now being preserved, kept in a closed space and contained, or left outdoors somewhere under the guise of a bureaucratic document that says one of the ways in which we actually do historic preservation and do our jobs in some government agencies is no action. And no action then means demolition by neglect. Because if I took no action to feed myself for a long period of time, I'd die too. 
So if you take no action toward keeping something alive, what happens? It dies too. So this is why the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition for just about 20 years has literally every day done research and taken an action to make sure that Gullah Geechee culture will continue, never knowing that people would now attempt to exploit it for their own interpretation so that their interpretations could be places they call historic preservation sites, but also to then use those sites as locations to bring grant money into as they have affairs that they're calling Gullah Geechee that have nothing actually to do with the people who live the culture. So I have always been about cultural continuation versus historic preservation. As much as I will be hashtagging This Place Matters throughout the month, not only on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, but also on the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's Facebook fan page. And please, if you are not already following us, start to do so. But also you can follow us at Gullah Geechee, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E, on Instagram and on Twitter. And you'll see us tweeting and you'll see us posting images throughout the month with the hashtag This Place Matters as part of our participation in Historic Preservation Month. But I wanted people to realize places matter because people put that kind of value on those places. So if we don't value a place, does it matter or doesn't it? And just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it doesn't matter to someone else. And so what is it that you're preserving? What is it you're investing in preserving that which which matters to you while you leave something that doesn't to have demolition done to it by neglect? And so here it is that people in the midst of, especially now because it's springtime and it's getting hot and folks want to get out and about and they want to come to pretty places and places that are exotic or places they've seen on television, are rushing and flocking to get geared up to come to festivals and festivities and these kinds of things. We have several of them going on throughout the summer but people are not thinking about whether or not those things are just put on for some entertainment for a day or two and then what happens after. So the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, which you can find details at info, was founded because we wanted people to engage with people who live Gullah Geechee tradition. So throughout the event, there are workshops, there are presentations, performances, reenactments, there are craft artists, there's foodways. These things people can get a chance to see firsthand but engage with the people who are doing these things so that you hear the voices of the Gullah Geechis and you have the ancestral voices that still live within the people coming forth for you to really get understanding about what Gullah Geechee culture actually is. I will be to do down you anything like that. Not someone else's interpretation of who you be down you in the Gullah Geechee Nation, but those of us who are about cultural continuation, that we want not only for us to have things in museums or to be considered entertainment pieces and museum pieces, but to actually have people be able to come to our children's 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 family compounds and businesses and institutions that they're running in the 150 years or more from now. 
if we can also work on the climate change dynamic, if we can also work on healing the bodies and keeping people physically sustained, which keeps their minds clear, which then allows them to be able to think of the complexities of the issue when we start to talk about historic preservation versus cultural continuation. So as most of you know, I tend to want to ensure that we are speaking the same language. So I decided tonight, let's look up these words, as I often do in this program. So this word preservation, a noun, the action of preserving something, the state of being preserved, all right? So if we're talking about preserving something and the act of being preserved, let's find out what the word preserve is. It's to maintain something in its original or existing state. So let's start right there. If you were not coming here in 1800 hearing us talk about, oh, gal, go on over yonder and get this here, Oh, that's so funny. Gullah Geechee don't even sound like that now, so they wouldn't have sounded like that then. They're hunting children with a yeti that are cracking teeth like this year and send a gal over y'all to forget this shit thing and bring them back over y'all. Then that's what you should be looking to hear when you get here now. If you're talking about maintaining it in its original or existing state, let's look at are we maintaining things in an existing state or not? Or are we altering things to fit the state of who the visitors are that are coming in? Are we changing what our dialogue is based on who may or may not be in the room? That becomes a big issue. That becomes a major question. So if we're going to maintain something in its original state, and we're talking about culture and cultural continuation, Gullah Geechee culture grew out of these sea islands, which means we need to maintain the land mass and the land ownership in the hands of these African people for them to continue to cultivate their culture, including their language, their food waste traditions, their sea work traditions, their spiritual traditions on the land. And so that this is a perpetual, continually existing state that is ever linked to its original manifestation here on these sea islands. So when we talk about maintaining, this is how we maintain. We maintain by doing the next part of this verbal description of the word preserve, which is retain. Preserve means to retain a condition or a state of affairs. And it's interesting because the condition of our people was healthy. The condition of our people was mentally and physically strong. The condition of our people was that we always have had to fight to hold on to who you be down your ponies y'all and the thing like that. And so the state of affairs hasn't changed, though, as I said to you, because they have retained the political sense that people don't want to respect and appreciate the actual leaders that the community themselves elected. You have people constantly seeking others that they can simply buy off and direct and script for them and say this is what we want you to do and this is how we want you to do it. And they are willing to do that. And so, therefore, they're retaining a state of affairs that is a la the plantation, a la transatlantic slave trade, which is a result that the people participating of African descent, we know then are presenting behaviors 
that stem from post-traumatic slave syndrome and from oppression. And even in many ways, people would say, psychologists I'm sure would look at the issue of what happens when someone feels that the person who is directly linked to your oppression, you would rather be closer to them than the people who actually mean you well and are fighting for your benefit. We could go into a lot of different psychological terms for this, but we'll leave it with post-traumatic slave syndrome for right now. So now we go to what is going on. The next definition, verbal definition, is to maintain or keep alive a memory or a quality. So if we're talking about preserving being maintaining Gullah Geechee culture, keeping alive Gullah Geechee culture, well, it's not keeping alive Gullah Geechee culture in a scripted manner that has been rewritten by people who are not of African descent and then given back to people who are of African descent who had long since been assimilated and didn't want anything to do with the culture. We are talking about keeping alive that which our Gullah Geechee elders and ancestors who lived from the land, from the waterways, built the praise houses and the historic structures that now are being looked at along this cultural landscape to be kept alive and so that and kept open and kept maintained, that we now have to maintain our mechanisms by which they lived from this land and kept our families together and kept us alive. And so state of affairs would be a better one that we leave things in for the next generation. But we have to have the memories and we have to have a quality of life that dictates that we be Gullah Geechee anointed people every day, not for a weekend when the tourists are coming, not for a season when it's tourists coming, but all the time that we are able to maintain, retain, and sustain ourselves literally and figuratively and keep the community and the culture therein going. And the way that you do that goes to the next definition, keep safe from harm or injury. We cannot keep our people from harm or injury if we have people who are doing caricatured versions for the sake of entertainment while the rest of the community who are the activists, the artivists, the leaders, the ones who literally are putting their lives on the line are out here fighting, and then you simply numb the minds of people by singing them some songs and dancing and skinning and being costumed in a way that makes them think that that caricatured costume that you threw together is now somehow part of our tradition. This is not a way to keep our community or our people safe. And when you think about the harm and the injury that has happened just within a 12-month period of time with the murder of Walter Scott, the murder of the and assassinations of Santa Clementa Pinckney and the other eight in the Emanuel AME Church, when you think about this continued harm and injury to our psyches by seeing that those who are fighting for what is really taking place to keep people on their land are the ones who then are worked against and that the tourism agencies and the chambers of commerce still seek to instead advance the cause.
cause of the people who instead are the caricatures. This is not a benefit to us. So we have a problem again with preserving in this sense. So now preserves also to treat the refrigerated food. This time of year, of course, we're getting ready to buy jars so that we can prepare and preserve these things to put away for storage in glass cases. Sound just like a museum. Because when you finish using whatever it is, you can take it out. And it can be expelled. It can be anything can be done with it. So is that what people are working to do? Because that's what it looks like. I've seen more museum exhibits crop up about Gullah Geechee culture in the last 10 years since we've had the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Corridor than there ever was before that. So that is of concern, that now people want to preserve, they want to put you in boxes and they want to put you in archival boxes and safes and locks and things like this, and then they want to retain the ownership of that which they feel is what they call the tangible resource while they try to silence the voice of the intangible resource, which is the spirit of the people. But you can't stop running water. So now, there's also to keep, preserve is to keep. And in particular, they mention here about an area, a game, or an area where game is found, meaning wild animals are found, that when you have a preserve, that's a place where people go to to see animals in their natural habitat, but usually so that they can hunt them and they can shoot them, it says, undisturbed to allow private hunting or shooting. I never thought of that word preserve in this sense of how this definition is written. I'm going to read it to you all exactly how it's written. Keep, and then in parentheses, game or an area where game is found, close parentheses, undisturbed to allow private hunting or shooting. So maybe that's why we had our people die by being shot and killed in a historic building in Charleston that the historic preservation community often speaks of and lords over and continues to still give money to now. Maybe that is why that that happened in a national landmark historic district. Maybe that is why we see that, but we didn't know that their definition meant this, preserve, to keep undisturbed, to allow private hunting or shooting. Maybe they were hunting us all the time, hunting us down so that those who would still stand for the culture and still live the traditions and still hold the spiritual mantle would be able to be hunted, killed, not kept, not retained, not maintained, and definitely not kept alive. So that last definition is one that I will ponder more and I'll be writing about, of course, and you'll see some of those writings on GullahGeecheeNation.com, our blog, so make sure that you follow because I find it very telling. Because whenever I do these definitions on the air, I don't read them before I come on the air. I read them on the air. So this is my first time reading that definition from this particular source. Now, when you go into the noun of this word preserve, because all the other previous definitions were verbs, action words, right? 
Here's the noun. The preserves are food made with fruit preserves and sugar, such as jam or marmalade. We still do that. That is part of our traditions that we retain, maintain, and continue to do. It's also called the sphere of activity regarded as being reserved for a particular person or group. So that sphere of activity and the particular person or the particular group here is the Gullah Geechis. The Gullah Geechis are the particular group. So there are certain spheres of activities that are for Gullah Geechis only that they share with the some can share with the world and many do not because these are sacred traditions that traditionalists live. They don't share that with others who don't live it. They just from across the bridge. As many people who grew up in our townships do not have the practices that the people who grew up on the sea islands have because they were taught that they were, in fact, literally taught they were better and they were different than those who were on the sea islands. So there are certain spheres of operations, of activities they could never show you because they would have never been privy to those things. And so here it is. That says chiefly in North America, it's a place where game is protected and kept for private hunting or shooting. We're right back there again. So whether it's an area or it's an action to keep or it's a place where to be kept, you're to be shot and hunted in a preserve. So I find it interesting that this constant talk of preservation constant talk of preservation in the Yelagichi Nation can, goes on and on and as soon as something comes out as horrific as murders and massacres it's not long before they find a reason to throw a few dollars in that direction and talk about making that almost into a shrine because something happened there but then after a while we can move away from that and we can go on back to entertaining people and getting the tourist dollars is coming in. Let's don't worry about the other people just down the street, round the corner, round the back there. They're still hungry. They still need proper housing. That you're still talking about zoning them out of their housing. That you're still taxing them out of their housing. That you're now finding them out of their housing, saying that they have to fix it a certain way because it doesn't fit with the historic decor that you're trying to preserve up the street, round the corner. Gentrification. So now let's look at preservation, gentrification versus continuation. The definition of continuation is the action of carrying something on over a period of time or the process of being carried on. So when we talk about cultural continuation, we are talking about Gullah Geechee culture having been carried on over several periods of time, over a long period of time, however you want to phrase this, but over a period of time from the 1600s up to now into the 2000s. The process of this culture being carried on used to be in isolation to a degree. It was amongst the people who lived on the islands. It been on the oak tree and thing like that. It been down to the bathroom and thing going out to the water and thing like that. It been in that bush out in that previous house and thing like that. It been where the hunter children been to get up on the porch. So these are the places where the culture was continued and is still continued. I love when I go off the beaten path and go into a Gullah Geechee community and the people who are with me suddenly have no clue what we're saying to one another because everybody I encounter now speak fluent Gullah and Geechee there and that they have not been assimilated even by public schools and the miseducation system and by tourism 
tainting themselves and they haven't sold out their entire families and their family compounds and their legacy because somebody else said that it was of more value for them to take the cash now than to hold on to the property and the traditions such as farming and their herbal practices right there on that land and even their seeking process right there on that land that someone said no you'd be better off if you take this little bit of change and go on down the road but you know they make that little bit of change sound like it's a whole lot that you can live on for the rest of your life, but it is never enough to build for the next generation's wealth and much less two to three generations of wealth so that you would be able to continue this carrying on of Gullah Geechee tradition and culture on your family compound land where your ancestors had previously been enslaved, where they carried on African traditions and culture and indigenous American traditions and culture in a way that made them so different from others even on the mainland in the same geographical states that people made up stories to say why folks shouldn't go on the island over there and that you need to stay off around them Gullah Geechee people. And so it's been very interesting, the mysticism and the mythical representations and the storytelling and entertaining representations that have been put out to the public while there are those who still keep isolated and insular in order to retain and maintain our culture so it will be able to be continued, hence not sitting around translating our lifestyle, much less our language, for others to feel that they now have a grasp and a hole on it so that they then can later replace us and then be the one saying, well, we're now the Gullah Geechees. But we do see some great attempts at this right now that people are really trying to play up to, attempting to purport to be Gullah Geechee. And I see this with African Americans and Anglo people that are saying this. But now here it is that the state of remaining in a particular position or condition is also part of continuation. And that is very difficult in terms of the entire world shift on its axis, the entire power of the energy of the moment and what happens over generations as people modernize things, as people encounter other cultures, as people go out and then move back home with thoughts that were implanted into their minds by where they used to live, by people who never left, whose minds hadn't opened to expanding to any other new thoughts and technology and so forth. So when you talk about the continuation, the state of remaining in a particular position or condition, we can't even just remain in the same position on land when God has control over the tide and the winds and the rain. Because sea level rise and ocean acidification and things that definitely are associated with climate science based on human behavior are things that are beyond our control. However, us crying out to the Lord to heal the land is not. And that state of remaining in that particular position of being faith-filled people, that hasn't changed. Our condition of that hasn't changed, and the world got to see that as an outgrowth of what did take place because of the massacre at Emmanuel. Now, here it is that continuation is also a part that is attached to and an extension of something. 
Well, you'll often hear us use the word Sankofa. You'll hear, go back and fetch it. You'll hear, honey, ain't no way, honey, the deer from honey, ain't going no way, honey, the guine. Well, we are still a part of the African people, the Igbo, Mandinka, Malinke, Yoruba, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Temni, Fiki, Bibio, and numerous others that you've heard me speak about over and over and over again for over 35 years. Here it is that we are still connected to the Kusavo, the Embassy, the Adisto, the Cree, and all these indigenous peoples of this land. We are still attached to and we are the extension of our ancestors that were kidnapped and captured from the motherland and brought over in the belly of the beast and those who coupled with the people who were already here on Sea Island soil. We are still through our DNA and that strand attached to and an extension of them. We owe it then to them to respect all that they fought for, died for, and the blood, sweat, and tears that is in the soil that goes back into our hearts and our souls. These are the things that make for continuation, that give life, give energy, give blood consciousness. These are the things that tap you back in and reconnect your pulse with that of the energy of that blood, the sweat, the tears, the shouting, the crying, the tears that are in the boards of the buildings when they talk about preserving them. But how about preserving and continuing who we be down here? But I want to chill and love different outside of the want to study we and then you make we who want to think we should be. We have seen with the Gullah Geechee Nation, we have seen with our family, the Muscogee down in Mexico, how we've had sociologists and cultural anthropologists, largely cultural anthropologists, come in and influence their presentations of who they are by giving them costumes to wear. Ethnomusicologists and performing artists have done the same giving them costumes and saying, well, if you costume yourself this way, it'll be better for your showing. And then it becomes, instead of actual presentation of their cultural continuation, it becomes performance. And then once that performance continues to be the only visual image that people have of a cultural tradition, they start to believe that that's all there is and that is how everyone looks. It would be as if to say that there were no people of African descent in America besides the way that the lady who we all know as Aunt Jemima or the man that we all know as Uncle Ben were the only way that you could look and the only way that you could dress and that the only other ways that we should look or dress would have been the caricatures that we saw mimicked from everything from cartoons to packaging about us, and they still have things like that called Negrito, even down in Mexico where these types of caricatured images of people of African descent are packaged a certain way because that's how somebody else sees you. How do you see you? So we be Gullah Geechee anointed people. We be black gold. And we plan to continue that here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. And so we appreciate everyone who comes to the activities and the events that you see us posting so that you know that those are legitimate, they are authentic, 
there are things that are being done by Gullah Geechis who are living the traditions and the culture and not just people who have been brought in to be packaged a certain way to give this to you to preserve an interpretation that's not one of our own living existence. And so it's interesting because I've seen a lot of people die, I see a lot of people sick. I've watched a lot of these people getting sick over the past 35 years, and it took me having to step away and really examine it from a spiritual lens to see what was happening was that they can't be themselves, they think, and be accepted by the mainstream. So they would rather do these performances, and that is what has made them ill. Because at what time in their lives does the curtain come down? When do you stop preserving an image somebody else gave to you and continue to live as who you really are? That will make all the difference in the world. And it truly would respect who we be. Because we be Gullah Geechee, anointed people. So in these last few minutes that I do have on the air tonight to open up this Historic Preservation Month, I'm going to open up the lines for any calls. If somebody's out there listening and you have questions or comments, please call in to 347-324-3903. 347-324-3903. If you're listening like most of my global listeners do, you're listening actually on demand, so you have downloaded this to your iPod, your iPad, your tablet, your computer, you're sharing it, you're listening in on one of the listeners out there on social media because someone else just shared this episode to you, then you can always email me to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com, G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. But I see that we do have someone who is listening in live, and actually I recognize this phone number. How hundred to do this evening, Brother Kwamisha? What's going on? Uh, hundred to do well. And Glad to forget it so. Yes. Glad to forget it so. What's going on? Well, just to say very quickly and very briefly, great show, um, great information. I can see how, even though this is definitely something that is specific to the Gullah Geechee Nation, how it actually can broaden out as the ripples of the waves in the pond do to the greater diaspora of the Africans that are here within this country and elsewhere within the diaspora. So um, I thank you for, again, once again, being the wordmeister, looking at (laughs) the language and picking it apart and and giving the detail, not uh, interpretation, but the proper explanation of what that is and how it reflects and how it affects us as a nation of people. Continue the work, continue blessings to you. I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate it. And I know we usually have a circle of discussion at our Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, and no doubt um, this will end up being a part of that discussion because this year, you and I being co-founders of that event, you know that we are in Charleston and we'll only be three to four blocks away from Emmanuel AME where we'll be doing a lot of And 
So Absolutely. Yeah, and being in a place and a space, people actually will feel the energy and see for themselves the juxtaposition of what people call historic preservation versus what mm-hmm. is a cultural continuation. And so I thank you for having that opportunity tonight that not only were you listening but to call in because sometimes when you are doing radio shows, you wonder, are you talking to yourself? Um, <laughs> I'm always thankful for social media and our new means of engagement because if we didn't have call-in lines and we didn't have social media where people sit up there on the chat room or they get on there on, on Facebook and comment or they tweet comments about the broadcast, sometimes I wonder, is the word meistering mattering? So I appreciate you. Mm calling in, but I definitely want our listeners to know that, you know, this is not just about a radio program. This is about people coming here and then being able to engage with the people firsthand. And so I'm glad that you were able to call because I did mention the festival at the beginning of the show. And so I'm glad you called here at the end to talk about how this connects to the rest of the diaspora because it is an international festival and we always have that reunion with many from the African diaspora. So I'm sure we'll forward this discussion but God willing, yes. give people some things that they'll live by and continue when they do leave. So, thank you, thank you for calling in for sure. Uh, no welcome. All right, peace and blessings. And so it is always good to have folks calling in, especially folks who are definitely engaged in the process. They're not just tuning in dry, long, so because, as I said earlier, they want to be looky-loose or come on safari about the Gullah Geechee or all those who are simply looking at us as a tourist object and a source of entertainment, but people who are participating truly and making sure that there's continuation and also giving money when we do want to hold on to our buildings for restoration and preservation. And so definitely I pray that all of you will continue to join us, be a part of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition by going to Gullah net. hit me at G-U-L-L, G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. Come on out. Go to info for info for the festival. But rather what's come for shout with we. And you'll see why we the fight for continue who we be. This year the queen quit. Head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.